So we'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society, and returning to us is one of our favorite guests, Dr. Scott Gershwer. And today, Scott and I will be discussing the 2024 elections, the Republican primaries, and beer. So let's listen in. You're not ready for the around the world trip? Yeah, I mean, too, you know, the the problem the last five, six years is that everything moves so quickly now that it's hard to keep up. And now the rest of the world is caught up with us. Like if I was going to talk about Africa, now I have to talk about Gabon, not just uh, Niger, you know, and there's all kinds of always things happening, you know. So we, I was thinking we would go around the world and it, it would stay with the way it was and we could talk about it a little bit, but everything is changing all the time so quickly. It's hard to do. So we yeah. might as well just focus on U.S. elections and what's going on. Because, because yeah, that's fun. <laughs> US, U.S. elections. How much fun can that be? So I guess there's something to be said for living in times of turmoil because at least they're not boring. And uh, that's kind of what what it feels like. Like, you know, the word unprecedented seemed overused, but it doesn't quite seem overused anymore. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's just not like the fact that Trump could actually be the nominee before the trial even begins or, you know, certainly before it ends is uh put i think it puts republicans in an interesting place because do they really want to risk that but it seems i guess that they do i don't know well i don't i don't think the leadership wants to 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 risk it i just think that the problem is is the leadership does not get all the caucus votes and all the you know primary votes and they have to deal with that i remember back in um oh gosh it was mid 80s remember gary hart yeah, was running and he, he, there was a photo taken of him with a girl sitting on his lap and right. his, his career was over. That was it. Yeah, But he asked for that. Remember? Yeah. He was like, yeah. you're not going to find anything like anything on me. And what, what a moron, you know, <laughs> it, I think it took him like 24 hours to find something on him. Just that simple photo of him sitting on a boat with a girl on his lap. He was the front runner at the time. Well, look, if look I, at Howard. It might have been the next election. Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Yep. Yep. This guy, this guy, Ron DeSantis, has about five Howard Dean moments a week where he laughs like a maniac or he does something, you know, cr- like crazy, you know, wearing the white boots or, <laughs> or, you know, just kind of coming across as a maniac. And he's, he's still alive. He may not be alive for long, but he's still alive. Did, did, he even had uh, a Michael Dukakis moment, right? Oh, yeah. Remember Michael Dukakis riding around the tank with the helmet on. Kind of everybody said he looked like Snoopy or something like that. Yeah, yep. And that was the end of his cam- his campaign. No presidency for him. Uh, Ron DeSantis went to Iowa and shut down the bumper car ride so he, his wife, and his kid could ride on it themselves mm-hmm. with, nobody el- with nobody else riding on it. And he laughed like a maniac, like he'd never been on a bumper car before in his life. So he's had a I mean, lot of those moments. The tolerance for things. I mean, you know, just like you said, the fact that you can be indicted in four different jurisdictions for 91 different felonies and you're still leading the polls in your party. That, And, and this is the party that's supposed to be the law and order party. Yeah, well. 
I think that we've got to recalibrate our thinking about Donald Trump, that that he's not a politician, never was, not just the TV star, never was, you know, not a business successful businessman, never was. He might actually be a televangelist. He might actually be one of those guys. And I, I don't know, you know, if there's any rules about televangelism or anything like that. I know they don't have to pay taxes. I know they, they get to ask their flock for lots of money and they get it and they're open about it. They say, look, you know, daddy needs a new airplane. God wants me to have it. How about it? You know, and they'll pony up the money for it. It's, it's something that is so strange to me that I can't fathom it. Like I'm, I'm a big lover of the grateful dead and their music. Jerry Garcia is to me, one of the great singer guitar players of all time, soulful, beautiful voice and wrote great songs with Robert Hunter. I was never a deadhead. I just couldn't follow along, you know, I'd go to concerts, one offs, you know, I could even go to two in a row, but I would see people who were deadheads and I'd go, what are you doing? So just very, very uh, alien to me. I don't understand that mentality, but man, he's, and, and they'll, it's not, it's him. But, you know, other people are trying it. It doesn't really work. Like, Ted, did you see Ted Cruz this week on Newsmax? Evidently, there was a new guideline put out. I don't think it's that new. Uh, that you should only, men should only drink two beers a week. Okay. It's a guideline, right? It's a guideline by the National, I don't know what it is, the National Association of Alcohol Disorders or something like that, right? Somehow or another, that gets translated to Biden's taking our beer away. Yeah. And we have to, and we have to do something about it. So you have all these people chugging beers on, on TikTok or whatever, you know, yeah. but then Ted Cruz goes, Oh, you know, he's not taking my beer away from my, you know, he can kiss my ass if he thinks he's taking my beer. And it's like, you know, he's a smart guy. He can't be honestly thinking that this is the case, but he's trying to play to that base and it just doesn't work for him. I, I do not believe Trumpism will survive without Trump. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think anybody else can pull it off. And let's say about the two beer a week thing. Uh, last night, that means I can't have another one for another four weeks. So, I, I've, <laughs> right. I've already my allotment is done. Um, so I guess I'm on the wagon for the next four weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, enjoy that. I, I know I am because I'm taking <laughs> <exercise>. that's that's <laughs> right. Um, what I mean, how how do you think the Republicans can get out of this? I mean, I really do believe that the leadership, if they thought they could survive it, would really like to dump him and the followers, the majority of the Republicans. How do you, how, where's their off ramp? Some somewhere along the lines of every state party gets to decide who's on their ballot, uh, and not letting them on the ballot. You think that's actually going to happen? I think in some states it might. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure that there's really a will to do it. Again, like you know, there are a lot of people out there who kind of say, "Well, I really don't like Trump very much." Uh, They always have to say, "I love his policies," which is baffling to me. But uh, but they don't like him, and they really wish he would be gone. But they're not saying that to anybody, and they're not acting on it. Certainly, they're just letting it happen. And maybe that's the essence of republicanism. Just it's chaos. It's like whatever happens, happens, and we'll just go with it. But uh, 
if they really wanted to get him off, that would be the way to do it. I mean, he, you know, keep him off, keep him out of Iowa. Don't let him caucus. Um, but again, I don't think that I don't see it happening. I don't know if there's any other way other than, you know, getting a candidate who can actually win. Right. You we've talked about Chris Christie before. Right. And I and I I really do. I know his numbers have come up in New Hampshire and he's, you know, he's gaining a little traction out there because he's got the same sort of style as Trump and he's very anti-Trump right now. But I mean, how long is that? Like, he's not an anti-Trumper. He was a Trump. He was a Trumper. And how how can he try to sell that message? You've got to be a moron to sit there and go, yeah, well, that Chris Christie, he hates Trump. He he was one of the biggest enablers of of Trump that there was. Well, that's true. So, that that is I, true. I, just, I, I you know I just don't I just don't see it. Like he's not gonna he's certainly not getting the Trump base, which is what they're all afraid of. Right, they're all afraid of the Trump base, and that base is not going to Chris Christie. Now it could go to Vivek Ramaswamy, whose name I have finally learned how to say. There you go. Because because Ramaswamy is doing a a big Trump type number. He's he's saying all kinds of crazy stuff. He wants to take the vote away from people under the age of twenty five. Um, yeah. You know, a whole bunch of other things that are just just crazy. Oh, how about this one? I mean. For anybody who's studied international relations and the history of the of the world, he's saying he would make a deal with Russia that they could have parts of Ukraine, but only those parts that he's willing to give them. And then they can't, they have to promise not to do it again, and they have to promise not to be uh, allied with China. I mean, that is like that is like, hey, is Neville Chamberlain your your role model here? Really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, uh, or the idea of bombing Mexico. Right. Right. Let's declare a war on Mexico. Uh, yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, it just. It, you're right. It, it's crazy stuff. And I, again, my thing always comes back to people buying into it, and they're our age. You know, when yeah. you, when you look at these people, uh, and you look at the rallies, they're in our age group. We should know better. Well, the, the, and there, <laughs> whether we know better, or not, I mean, I know I, and I think you look like every guy who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, you know, all I have to do is put on a baseball cap and you would never know that I wasn't one of those guys. But, um, you know, it's, it's the hope of the, of the world right now rests on the younger people who are rejecting all that. And, and I think young Republicans aren't in lockstep with older Republicans. I think I saw that somewhere today. Um, that that Democrats, old and young alike, are sort of aligned together, but young Republicans are not with old Republicans. And that right. and that there's a big divide there. So the young young voters, if they come out and vote, and that's always been a wild card, because they have a tendency not to. Um but they did, obviously, in in the last couple of elections, or maybe not the Hillary Clinton election, the 2016. But in you know, for twice for Barack Obama and then for Joe Biden in a big way, young people came out and voted. And uh, I guess we can just hope that they come out again and in the primaries as well. You know, maybe they can maybe they can do something. But as long as the field is as big as it is, anybody who has any kind of base is going to do better than the field, right? 
Uh, right, the field right. is going to split up a, way too much of the vote. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I, you know, I, we need a good Republican Party, but I have a feeling it's beginning to split in half. And uh, we'll have to see where that goes. But again, the you know, the good news is I do not believe that that uh, Trumpism survives without Trump and that 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 will all go away eventually. Well, yeah, like, like you said, that's uh, that would be a hope. And with all the cases coming up, the, the odds of beating all 91 felony cases is astronomical. Yeah, I don't, I mean, think, he's beaten, I don't think he's beaten one of them. Well, I mean, once they finally go to trial, once these these felony cases that he's up against go to trial, the yeah. the chance of him beating all ninety one, I mean, one or two charges, yeah, maybe you know you got a pretty good shot, but prosecutors don't bring these things if they don't think they can win. Absolutely. I mean, they they the, think the, they can. The DOJ is very good at this. Yeah. And prosecutors, yes. Fanny Fanny Willis. From what I have read and from the conversations that I've had with my brother, who is hoping would join us today, maybe in the future he will. Absolutely. Uh, because he's a former prosecutor with, with uh, the Southern District of New York and, uh, you know, a very good defense attorney now. And uh, he's got interesting thoughts on all of this stuff, but he he's, tends to be noncommittal. You know, he'll, he'll tell you what the facts are, but he's not going to say, I think it's going to go one way or another. He won't do that. Um, and uh, if, if your brother was to come on, I would I would get my friend uh, here, who is a prosecutor here in in Spartanburg, uh, and he is he's he's not noncommittal. He is he's a Trump guy. There's there's no doubt about it. He's he's from Alabama and he, he's a, he's younger younger man, but he's definitely a Trump guy. And you know, whenever you talk to him and you say, you know, Spencer, would you bring this? Would you bring this up? No, no, I, I, no, I think they're picking on him. I, wait a minute, you're a lawyer. You see what's being brought up. Um, you, you see the charges you, you know, you heard the Rathensburger call. You have no issue with that. No, I have no issue with that. And it's like, I mean, you know, the hypnotized never lie. I mean, yeah, I, I, and it's so it surprised me. So, and he is so intelligent. Um, he he is really so intelligent. But when it comes to this, and I think really, that's the thing that surprises me. You could take a lot of intelligent people, and when you put them in this this cult environment that we've got now, their sensibilities go out. You know, their 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 total sensibilities go totally out the window, and and it's uh, it, it's disheartening. It, to me, it's 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 very very disheartening um, to see things like this because we're better than this. At least I hope we're better than this. I hope we're we're a better humanity than this. Um, but you're right that the the crazy things coming out, and it seems the more crazy the rhetoric becomes, the more support they get. Man. And it's it's like what. I just don't understand how anyone, but especially an attorney who went to law school and, and uh, could, you know, look at this as if, as they're picking on him, he has not been uh, found, indicted by a roster of Democrats. He has been indicted by grand juries, which are, mixed just a random sampling of people 
and uh, and grand juries are not they they tend to take their they're not partisan they tend to take their responsibilities very very seriously they tend to listen all juries do i think uh it's a great thing about juries is that is that they understand that this is really important and they'll leave their maga caps at the door and go and and go in so we'll continue this conversation in our next episode so that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions for their fall 2023 edition. Call for papers information can be found in the description. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium offering solutions for social issues through multidisciplinary and unbiased research. And BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society podcast. Finally, PodKite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to remind everyone that the Nova Society podcast is now available on our new YouTube channel. We encourage everyone to check out the channel and like and subscribe. The link can be found in our description. Remember, the power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Brooklyn Ann Weldon and all of us here at the Nova Society podcast, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time.